I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Cornetto. Chocolate! It doesn't say anything about a chocolate, does it? No. No, it doesn't. Sure it doesn't. So fuck off! My boy says he can eat 50. Hello and welcome to another Spool Podcast with me, Nigel Wheatley, and him, Pork McGo. Hi, Pork. Hello. So it's been a couple of weeks for, we've missed a, you know, a good bit of the summer, but we've got lots to talk about. We're going to talk about three big films that are in the cinema right now, I think, or certainly within the couple of days, these three will be there. Spike Lee's Black Klansman, the Barry Keohan starring American Animals, and uh, the John Chu phone thriller. Uh, searching and then we'll speed through five or six other films that we're kind of excited yeah, kind about of so like summer blockbuster roundup. yeah and i think it's it's worth it's been a funny summer i have a kind of a low energy feeling about a lot of the summer film but then i actually went through the list and um, it's been five six weeks since we got to talk mm. about movies on this podcast and i was like, actually doesn't mean the worst yeah so we went through the run in order there i've just realized did we talk about ant-man in the last one uh no have you seen it I have, yeah. We can shoehorn that in there. We'll too. throw that in there too. Yeah, yeah. Very forgettable. I don't even know if I wrote down. I saw it. I probably should. <laughs> um, but anyway, we will, uh, we will kick off with a little bit of this. This is Black Klansman. I'm not risking my life to prevent some rednecks from lighting a couple sticks on fire. This is the job. What's your problem? That's my problem. For you, it's a crusade. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a job. It's not personal, nor should it be. Why haven't you bought into this? Why should I? Because you're Jewish, brother. The so-called chosen people. You've been passing for a wasp. White Anglo-Saxon Protestant, cherry pie hot dog white boy. Hmm. That's what some light-skinned black folks do. They pass for white. Doesn't that hatred you've been hearing the Klan say, doesn't that piss you off? Of course it does. Then why are you acting like you ain't got skin in the game, brother? Rookie, that's my fucking business. It's our business. I'm going to get you your membership card. So you can go to the cross burning and get in deeper with these guys. So that was Spike Lee's Black Klansman. Um, first of all, when I say Sp- if I told you Spike Lee has a new film, uh, what would you have thought? Immediate. Would that would that have gotten no, you excited? Because no, I went to see Shirek and it's a bit of a mess of a film. Yeah. He's had a slightly inconsistent like twenty years. Yeah. Um, but critically and audience wise, this is sort of um, been very very well received so I think it won the uh, director's prize at Cannes and has you know uh, done quite well over probably get an o- Oscar nod might get one of these new Oscar yeah best popular film I don't yeah. know what do you think about that by the way it's a bit daft I think they're kind of slowly destroying it it's like they don't know what to do with it yeah. and they're going to get rid not get rid they left but... it very vague when they announced what they mm. were going to do with it so and they're going to show all these categories during the ads that we kind of like the odd times yeah, so now we're not going to see these so. yeah. I suspect there'll be a version of it that doesn't have ads maybe yeah. that you can just watch the live stream but like most popular film like I'm pretty sure it'll be have to be something by Jason Statham or The Rock no? Yeah, but how do you like, judge what is popularity? Is it Blockbuster, anyway. you know? Yeah, apparently it's because Black Panther didn't get any love last year. So, um, anyway, um, Black Landsman. <laughs> so we don't know will it get nominated for an Oscar, but uh, this is based on a memoir from 2014 um, from a guy called Ron Stallworth, um, who was the first black police officer in this uh, Colorado Springs police division or whatever. Um and he went undercover. He went. He was initially in there as a sort of admin bookkeeper, just a total, literally token black guy in the force. And then he, he kind of he went to the chief and said he wanted to go undercover, and he was allowed to go undercover. And he rang up 
uh, the Ku Klux Klan and he signed up. To Klux yeah, Klux I saw an ad in the paper and was just like, oh, I'll do this and then picked up and kind of went from there. Yeah. And so then within this, uh, the main guy played by John David Washington, who we saw there and he's explaining the scheme to or he's sort of working out this scheme with his buddy, Adam Driver, who plays a guy called Flip. Um, and he is going to get him to go to the meetings, despite he's Jew- the fact he's Jewish, but that doesn't matter. He's white. He can go to the meetings. But uh, Ron Stallworth will continue the, the charade on the, fo- on the phone. And yeah. he talks to David Duke, or David Duke, who um, was the head of the Ku Klux Klan then, and who in recent years has returned to prominence because he endorsed Donald Trump. He was quite vocal around the... He was one of the speakers at the Charlottesville um, protests that took place at 13, 12 and a half months ago that um, a woman died at then. And so the film kind of... Without going, it, sort of, it, it ties in a little bit like that. Lots of people have talked about the end of this film really like... And I'm like, do you really want to kind of give that away? But... Within the trailers. Yeah, no, I think it's kind of... Or in reviews and stuff I've seen, yeah, people oh, are just like, you know, the last 90 seconds. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's quite a... It's a bit of a sucker punch, kind of a re- real life thing. If you think about, uh, I think, Spike Lee, what he did with Malcolm X and Rodney King and a bit of like real world informing his... Uh, his and he has done documentaries in the past, so he is kind of something where he kind of feels at home. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's a very it's a very serious film, but it's mental. Is that fair to say? Like it's yeah, the like, tone is absolutely batshit crazy throughout most of it. It's absurd. It's a bit like a fairy tale at times. You, you're kind of your jaw drops at times because it's so hmm. farcical. But I really the love thing, the bit. Um, it kind of kicks off with his first undercover thing is going to a, a talk by uh, at the Black Student Union. Yeah, and there's with, this where bit, Corey Hawkins plays. Um, yeah. At, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but a well a well known speaker at that time. So he, uh, Spike Lee, does this thing as he's talking. It there's this montage of all these black faces kind of coming from the crowd, in like twos and threes, all in like melded together. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. But like, to me, it's a really odd film in that. Yeah, like, that? I didn't understand that. Yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, was it just people being transfixed but by the speaker? I think for to me, I was just like, right, who's this film for? Like, no hillbilly. American racist is going to see this film for me it's too obvious film like there's bits where Topher Grace is just like you're like we get it he's supposed to be Trump and you're like you get it this is really you know this isn't the 70s this is today so I'm like right who's a for and to me he's trying to get black people to maybe like wake Mm -hmm. up again or because I don't know maybe the Black Lives Matter thing has fallen back into the older news cycle and isn't getting as much thing but to me I was just like this is a bit too obvious and I didn't like the end I thought like the end the end is really shocking and but it's just the narrative like, end or the no the, the way he does it oh yeah the way he does it and but to, it's just like this is much of a spoiler it's 90 seconds of YouTube stuff mm-hmm. and to me that's really just like oh Jesus but to me that was more affecting than like the last two hours I've watched like mm-hmm. the film is enjoyable to a degree but like yeah I really I really, really did like it. And I initially thought it was brilliant. And then the more I've thought about it, the more little problems that I've kind of had with it. No, I, I didn't. And I think he's great. Um, uh, John David Washington and Adam Driver is great too. Um, but there's just bits in it that the tone was a bit too bonkers for me. Um, it was I didn't very good. think it was that funny though. 
Like, there's lots... Because like, I went yeah, to an absolutely more packed like, <laughs> uh, thing and I was like, oh, brilliant. This will be like a horror movie or a comedy where it'll be lifted mm. by the crowd. Because it comes from, yeah, the same production company, Blumhouse yeah, Productions or something that's Get Out and Jordan Peele is a producer so on like, it and brilliant. brought the story to him. But there was no big audience laughs when we were watching mm. it. Everyone's just kind of... And there was a person beside but me... But you smile watching a good bit of it, no? Yeah. Yeah. But And the woman beside me was in absolute tatters at the end of it like crying. hysterical yeah I was just oh, like yeah. alright so I don't know it just kind of didn't sit with me like, no I wasn't terrible, I was uncomfortable like, at the end rather than emotionally impacted by it because I think I possibly knew that that's what they were going to and I was like I hope they're not going to I hope it was a bit uh, cheap no yeah or? no no but I was like hope they're not going to wrap up with oh they are going to wrap up with that but again I actually I do think the film earned possibly earned the right to do that and if it does bring it forward to new audiences and that's fair enough but it's probably more so for the the kind of like the people who are reading the ticket or the av club or these kind of like you know fairly privileged waspy people like adam Mm. driver are going to be more impacted than this film than the people in like rural you know america but aren't you just kind of preaching to the converted Yeah. yeah 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 so it's of note that um uh, Boots Riley I don't know why his name's Boots it's very hard to take him seriously he's a director of another really um, well received uh, like black film from came out in early August in America so two weeks before this and everyone had been saying oh it's going to be a good summer for the two but he's actually he wrote this like three page essay on all the problems he had with this film um, uh, his, so that's kind of worth checking out his film is Sorry to Bother You and it's got the main guy from Get Out who's also in Atlanta oh yeah I can't remember his name but uh, it's about I think a guy who comes up with a white white man voice changing device or something oh. and how that changes so the, the, I know very little about it I've deliberately steered clear, uh, um, of, it. Steered clear of it it has no uh, international release scheduled but it looks really really interesting and mm. um, has made loads of money in America so I'm sure it'll show up online Fine, or something right. like that but he he was like look I love Spike Lee I'm really really influenced by him but here's everything that's wrong with the film and he actually traced back to history how the Colorado Springs because based on truth uh, true story but um, the the police weren't like they're made out by the end of Black Landsman to be heroes and that scene where uh, things work out for them let's just say yeah I was like I don't know what's going on I presume I, it's a dream yeah or I 100% thing. thought that I was just like this is really so the tone bonkers. is all over the place again I guess I, I, I enjoyed that and I was smiling while watching that because I thought it was it was sort of a surrealist uh, moment that's yeah like when you say that that moment and then they do a phone call after yeah. it I'm just kind of sitting there being like what is going on here yeah. so they your man wrote this that like the tone was just he just couldn't handle it and he just was annoyed with how history painted the police like he he was saying that the one black police officer was actually a, almost a traitor and uh infiltrated black communities and went against so he's painted to be a bit of a hero and in reality he's not so anyway i don't know i haven't read the book but mm. it's a controversial real life story i definitely think everyone should see it um in that it's plenty to think about and you're either going to really click with it and enjoy it in the way I did even though I had problems I yeah. still really enjoyed it yeah. like you know I didn't mind cycling into town late at night <laughs> yeah. in order to see this bad boy so yeah so I'm on the four out of five mm. I go for a three yeah yeah um so next up we got yes so film that's out in the 7th of day September yeah oh 10 days okay. comes out then uh, well, we've both got to see it mm, it's been it came out on previewed. The, it was in Galway Film Flat. It was one of their big openers. Yeah, and uh, it's American Animals. So it's I kind of didn't know anything about this. So 
and really liked it for that reason. I had a rough idea of what it was about, so I'm kind of inclined to skirt around some stuff, but maybe we'll get into the spoiler-tastic and you can just come back to it or something. Ah, uh, I think there's a way to... Mm. You have to give. Have to so it's directed by Bartlett. I'll, I'll ring a, a buzzer if it sounds like you're ruining it. Yeah, yeah. Who directed The Imposter? Yeah. Had you remembered The Imposter? I did. Yeah. Yeah. And when I, I was kind of looking up the then. stuff for this, I remembered that I had a lot of issues with the way The Imposter ended, where I was just like, "No, you can't do so that." This, yeah, film from what five, six years ago, twenty twelve, a missing teen who was impersonated, well, maybe by a French con artist who pretended that he was the missing boy and yeah. went back to live with these parents and the parents seemingly went along with it went and along with it what? and then it was like no and then and they're all in the film and then there's reenactments yeah so with this it's kind of about four uh very privileged uh, white american kids who are bored and kind of a couple of them are at college and it's the main guy is who it opens on is spencer who's played by barry Keown. And he is getting a tour of the college and notices that they have a collection of very rare books. One of the books they have is The Birds of America. Uh, it's an insanely copies it's of recently. It's a very large for, book. As well, which is kind of funny. The main thing. Cause yeah. It's sort of, that big, leads up to it. Like, how big would you say it is? Is it the size of like the backseat of a car? Is it Bigger the size? almost even. It's like the roof of your car. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't lie flat in the boot of most cars. No. And I'd say it weighs about... 20 kilos yeah so i More think that's maybe? why it's so valuable just yeah it's so, such a heavy book so it's these it, it, google actually is really impressive looking book and i think it's done very well in the film a lot of the kind of opening titles and closing titles come from that images of it it's where a guy went out uh categorized all these different birds in america did these amazing kind of uh, pictures of them so this university has a copy of the book and the guy's going around it and tells his best friend warren who's played by evan peters and these two then are kind of the main and they put into motion this idea well like why don't we steal it and i think it expertly it did look of, very stealable in yeah the way they portrayed like it, it really film. did you're like ah yeah and i kind right. of think it captures really well like maybe you were younger when you did it but like you'd come up with like oh, i'd be cool if we did this or a scheme did this or you might have seen a film and you were like oh it'd be cool or you'd start imagining it but then it's that these guys actually do do it and uh the thing with it um i have a kind of clip here so kind of kind of gives it a bit of the tone you ever feel like you're waiting for something to happen but you don't know what it is you're in or you're out you're in or you're out you're in or you're out how can i tell you if i'm in or i'm out without you telling me the first thing about what i might be in or out of How do you know no one's going to get hurt? Let's do this. I would call that more of a TV spot rather than a tra- uh, clip or a clip. trailer. Gives yeah. you a bit of the tone, does it? Bit of the tone. So obviously, the sounds big... a bit more exciting than the actual film is. A bit more energy in that. Uh, the uh, so then obviously the thing with the film is that they have the real people in it. Um, kind of cut throughout in a documentary i thought they were actors when i was watching it. at first all oh, right i was like oh it's a play on the play yeah uh, i get it so they have them kind of cut out and there's a lot of good play with that at the start whereby i'm not sure if i remembered it and there's a good scene where they're in a petrol station and you have warren evan peters playing warren and you have the real warren in the same car being like ah, i think it went like this so there's kind of lots of humor around that um i really really like this i was kind of on a bit of a as we'll get into our next kind of thing, I'd seen kind of really mediocre average films. 
this was like brilliant. Um, really loved the music in it. Not to spoil anything, there is a certain thing that happens in it um, to do with the librarian. And I'm like, if they don't address this in like any way, it's a massive cop out. And they do. And I was like, OK, that's I'm happy enough with that. And then they kind of get to the point where like you're kind of swept up in the excitement of it at the start. We are like, oh, cool. And then you're like, oh, actually, this is a bit. No, this is not cool. And then they, I think they do handle it well. Um, yeah, it gets very, it's quite realistic. Yeah, and that. it covers this great, because it's like, nothing in- extremely bad happens, like nobody's killed or anything, but there is a line that's crossed, and that really adds to the suspense, I think, because when the acts are being, like, when it's kind of unfolding the story, you're like, this really did happen, because we're talking to the people who did it, and it kind of makes it more, you you feel really nervous for the librarian, and really stressed, I think, Um but yeah, I just really enjoyed it. Because yeah, we don't really know from their portrayals if they're in incarcerated or whether they're right with the guys who are doing interviews. It's quite it's kept quite vague. Like for exactly. all we know, they're on death row. Yes. Or they could be talking from like a surf club uh, somewhere or something. So, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. I think it's done very yeah. well. I was I'm less of a fan of it. I thought it was a bit too like. That bit, the latter part of it did click for me, but it just took a good while to kind of get going. I thought it was a bit, me- bit sort of, not mechanical, but just sort of like the heisty bits of it. Yeah. Maybe because it, they were opting more for more realistic stuff, like as they were planning it, even the way that was done. Because I'd watched the, the, did you get to watch the marker mode ones? No. They did one on the heist movies. Uh-huh. And so I was kind of. I saw it after I'd seen that and I was like, oh, they're not really treating this as like a full Hollywood heist movie. What yeah. are these guys at? So, but I love the bit where they were just yeah. kind of like eating popcorn and watching the Stanley Kubrick film where it's yeah. robbing the stuff. And then I thought it was hilarious because I remember seeing Ocean's Eleven being like, oh, that's really cool. And they do this whole pretend heist thing where it's to the Ocean's yeah. Eleven music. And I was just, I don't know, it just kind of really gelled with me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And Barry Kohan as one of our own. He's very good in it, but like he has... As you can see from this, he has one American accent. Yeah. And he either goes high pitched with it or low pitched. Mm. Like in the deer, um, Killing of a Sacred Deer, it's much more whiny and high pitched. And in this, it's just a bit lower. Yeah. So we'll see what he's up to. He's good. But like Warren steals the show, both Warrens, I yeah. think, in the film. And steal that's the, the guy show. who played um, Quicksilver in the X Men films, as you may recall. Did anyone in it, rem- yeah. there was the guy, um, the really smart guy, the accountant guy who they get on at one point. You know, he wants to get into the FBI. Yes. He he really reminds me of Core. My <laughs> friend Andrew Core. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to get in that way. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. I just, there was something about so that. So, out of like five, it. I'm on the two and a half, I'm afraid. Oh, wow. No, it's full five stars for me. Five? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're doubled out. Five? Yeah. Okay, one to, re, one to rewatch at the end of the year. I happily, when it finished, I was like, I'd happily just sit and watch this again straight away. I'll go again uh, when it comes out. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Right, maybe I maybe I need to as well. Yeah. Um, a film that probably you're going to give five as well to is Searching, which uh, is in cinemas now. It's um, again a film I knew nothing about going into. Yeah, it's great, isn't yeah. it? Can't see these without really having any pretenses. Good. So this is from director Anish uh, Chagante, who uh, was doing a bit of re- reading about them, and they became known for making a film with Google Glass, where they sort of just did this thing of like him uh, carrying a picture of a 
of a pregnancy scan in an envelope from America back to India to show his mother. But it's all done in first person. It's like this short film, two minute film on the internet. It's grand. Oh. Um, anyway, so uh, after a teenage girl goes missing, her father, that's played by John Chu, who we know um, from Star Trek, playing Mr. Sulu, uh, goes through her laptop. I don't know how he knows her password, but he works it out. Uh, their mother died, or his wife, uh, her mother died a couple of years beforehand. And then his brother is a sort of an uncle support figure possibly you know dealing in, you know a bit of weed or something here and there but so these are some of the protagonists and then uh the police officer is played by deborah deborah messing who is from will and grace so it's really weird feel like as a as a setup you're like oh this is weird and um, it felt very um fairly really corny to and start. Kind of put together yeah yeah there's a seven minute thing so they made the seven minute thing as a concept with photos that they pose themselves as a like proof of concept for the fact they oh. could do all this in screen Does and it's from the same people, or something no no the same people made unfriended which was okay, a horror yeah. film did you see it yeah, last yeah. Year? so same concept mm. they what i'm most interested in they make the film over the course of two months like in an editing film before they before they shoot anything they pretty much make the entire thing with the crew acting out the bits like in front of webcams and blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, we so need video do... to go in here. Yeah. And so oh, then okay. they show, they then shot it, I wrote it then maybe 13 days to shoot everything. And that included loads of like helicopter stuff and fancy iPhone stuff. So they filmed with the actors for like two weeks. Wow. But they made the entire film beforehand, which I don't even know how I feel about that as a filmmaking. That they... So John Chu just watched what the director did and then was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Because I suppose so, if you, the, the film doesn't feel very long. It's maybe, is it yeah, even thought, 90 minutes? So then know. if you put the clips together, maybe he's like 20 minutes or something. Yeah, but I, it, it, I enjoyed it as a, like, it's got a ridiculous um, third act. But like in terms of as a thing, it's thrilling. There's ridiculous It goes in, in it. lots it's of fun. different kind of ways. It's like it's a, definitely fun. It's like a wacky murder she wrote Columbus episode where you're yeah. just like, oh, what yeah. is going on? So I really enjoyed it. It mostly holds up with the technology and the way FaceTime. There's just a few things with him being able to guess the daughter's password and nowadays people have like yeah. thumbprint stuff. And, and how he didn't cop certain stuff to do with good. the cops where I was a bit like Really? Yeah, but his wife, his wife died. So it's almost plausible. It's good crack. It's grand. I'm in I the just, three yeah. and a half out of five. Probably. Oh, I just thought it was really dumb and like couldn't get on board with it. I got on board with it a bit for like when it got past that first 20 minutes and it was serious because mm. the daughter goes missing. I was like, oh, what's going on here? And then I was like, no, this is so stupid. And then the end, I was like, no. So yeah, like two stars. Two. But yeah. an enjoyable evening. You got to see that as a little group. Enjoyed that. No. Everything bar the film is very enjoyable. Fair enough. <clears throat> See, would you rather watch an episode of Will and Grace? Uh, oh, yeah. Messing rather than this? Or? Yeah, 100%. Will and cool. Grace was great. Okay, right. So we have to now burn through the entire um, Summer. last six weeks of film. So we're just going to throw it out, give out five, whatever you think. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, I'll kick off on this one, mm. I guess. Um, it's a weird film that exists in this vortex at the end of the Avengers, having not seen... If you hadn't seen The Avengers and you'd only seen uh, the last Ant-Man film, this would be a perfectly nice film to watch. Yeah. Loved seeing Evangeline Lilly on screen. Um, Worst bad guy ever. almost forgotten everything. Can't even remember. Well, who's the bad guy? The white shapeshifter woman. Yeah. Like, that was so the bad guy. I was like, didn't it's, need this it at was, all. It was, it was good fun. Paul yeah. Rudd, good. Evangeline Lilly, good. Uh, everything Sharon else. Sharon Stone. Not Sharon Stone. Michelle Pfeiffer. 
you kind of forget about it. I've yeah. forgotten most of this film. <laughs> yeah. I paid my, I, like, I, yeah. I saw this in there. I thought it, it's exactly like the first film, you know, pretty much carbon yeah. copy. So you're like, ah, yeah, it's enjoyable. It's funny. Don't understand. Did you stay for the credits? Mm. Didn't understand that. They all got like, spoiler, mm. they all get vaporized. Apart from him who's apart gone so Probably from him. Yeah. So that's why there's a bit of a theory around the end of the... Avengers film that Ant-Man oh. is in that so he's exempt from that so timeline. these are the people who are Dave, this is Thanos yeah oh god so that's how that, that. Timed, oh, god, right. I'm awful dumb. so that times <laughs> up with the end yes of uh, the Avengers film so but he's in this other space so Thanos has you know he has control over time and space and everything but does he have control over this universe so maybe if Ant-Man can get out of there he'll have some extra knowledge or some. Oh, wow. So Ant-Man is going to be the saviour of the whole Maybe. universe. Or Captain Marvel. We're getting Captain Marvel next year with Brie Larson. So they'll team up, I guess. Cool. Well, Captain Marvel is apparently a prequel. Uh, I like was set in the 80s. So I don't know. Mark Maron had uh, your man who plays Ant-Man. Paul Rudd. On. And it was going grand. And then Mark is kind of Did he take 10 like, minutes to actually start talking to him? As he thanked everyone for it. This is why we do this. Skipped all that. So then he's you like. watched Glow season two yet? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's very good. Yeah. Mark Maron's excellent. Brilliant. Um, so he's like, oh, you're here plugging the film. And Paul Rudd's like, oh, yeah, I suppose. And they barely talk about it. I think he hates the fact that he is maybe in it or like, did he, it, it's very odd. You should go and kind of listen to I it should, just to yeah. be like. I do tune into them most of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Glow season two is on Netflix. Ant-Man and the Wasp is in cinemas. Now. Next up is Christopher Robin. Haven't seen it. You've seen it. Top, yeah. f- top film in Ireland for the last two weeks. Does it deserve it? Uh, no, it's really <laughs> weird. It's a really oh. sad kind of bleak film. It's not for kids. Don't bring your kid to so this. This isn't Paddington. No, and it's really trying to be. And I noticed that with all the kind of kooky cameos like uh, Matt Berry's in it and all these people as like a copper or whatever. And you're like, mm. no, it's not Paddington. And... It just makes you realise how good Paddington is and you want to go and see it again. It's really bleak. It's like Christopher Robin has gotten old um, has forgotten all about his childhood now works as... Uh, I don't even know if I want to see Christopher Robin not looking like the... The boy, kind is of. Is it A.M. and do those drawings or whatever, but like the mm-hmm. famous mm-hmm. illustrations. So it's just really as weird. An and that's so then, Donald yeah, Gleeson. No, no, no. no. So this is Ewan McGregor. Oh, Donald sorry. Gleeson was in the one like a year or so ago oh. where he played the young like a. real Milton. life Christopher Robin who the oh, book yeah. was kind of based on and how he had quite a horrible life because everybody knew it was like oh you're Christopher Robin from the book but like you know we're going to make fun of you um, so Winnie the Pooh wakes up in the 100,000 acre forest and none of his friends are there so he's kind of freaking out so he goes and finds old Christopher Robin Ewan McGregor and they have to go and find the thing it's just kind of bleak about getting old and Boy. your childhood dying and it's not for kids i don't know why any child would want to see this so we and did have a film last year called goodbye christopher robin yes and this film is called christopher robin so that'd be very confusing for children that there was a film out last year about tired saying goodbye to someone men in her 30s yeah and so it's like a prequel because in the last one we said goodbye to him <laughs> yeah. It's now hello. Gosh, yeah. I'm struggling with that. Okay, so at five, you're going to uh, one, one point, whatever. Okay, cool. Um, Mission Impossible Fallout, you haven't got to see this, have no. you? No. Oh, you you t- confided in me privately that you haven't really seen any uh, Mission I've Impossible I've seen the first two and then that's it. Kind of. I don't know how you've managed to do this. The last three, they're kind of like the Fast and Furious films that at some point they got very, very good. I have no love for the franchise, but um, I think Tom Cruise is ridiculous. I enjoyed this. Stu tells me they're still doing the mask. Pulley off thing. 
Yes. But and they're almost like, in a par in a parody kind of okay. way. This I got to see this in the IMAX uh screen and it does have the best ever action scenes because he films them all himself. Mm. Um but it's it, it has a weird sadness. Like I I really loved it. Like I came out of this buzzing, wanting to watch it again, like how you felt after American yeah. Animals. Where it's like just start it again, roll back. Um it's really, really worth seeing. If it is it still in Oh it is, yeah, it's, it's still IMAX playing, yeah. Probably there. Mm. If you can see it there, you can sit in the middle, just go Okay. That was the sound of being wowed. Yeah. While also making a big old mess with your popcorn. Um. So yeah, great, great crack. But weirdly reminiscent of Tom Cruise's real life because he's all like, "I'm a loner and I gotta, you know, gotta save everyone." Okay. That's weird. Right. Anyway, um, the festival, not the in-betweeners. Terrible. No. Uh, I watched the your man being interviewed on Expose. Expose was stuck on, and I had Joe Thomas, Baby Joe, in my arms, and he was being interviewed, and they were just like, "So this must have been kind of like the In Betweeners." Why was Expose on the TV? I don't know. I didn't turn it on, and so I had to kind of watch it. Um, yeah. But yeah, Joe Thomas and the director. Or yeah, Ian Morris uh, is the director who also did is heavily involved with the In Betweeners. Uh, Joe Thomas is thirty five, so which kind of makes it wow. depressing that he's doing this festival show. None of the jokes land. Uh, I didn't read the review. The Why Guardian you, gave it four stars. Oh dear, because it looked kind of fun from the trailer. We're doing that thing where like we don't have anything to do this weekend. Let's go see four films, kind of a thing. And you'll see the festival. So I went to this, and it was just and like he didn't choose Mission Impossible. Like that's no, it, it's quite the length of Mission Impossible. It kind of puts you off. It doesn't put me off, but like when you're trying to. Wrangle someone a date else. Movie, yeah, I understand. So none of the jokes land. It's not funny. It's you can see any joke kind of coming a mile away, and like Joe Thomas is just kind of really annoying. You're just. I like, think I'd watch it if it was on TV, like late some night. You probably would coming in. You turn it on. off. You'd actually turn it off. You turn it off. Fair enough. Out of yeah. five, one. Holy moly! Yeah, is that your worst film of the year potentially? Probably so far. Yeah. Wow. But as I said, the Guardian gave it four stars. What? Worrying. Worrying. Who reviewed? Don't know. Yeah. Um, did you, you didn't get to see First Reformed? We're, this is sort of like an alternating. We're doing mm. tennis where I've seen the film. First Reformed is a Paul Schrader film. Um, Ethan Hawke playing uh, the priest. No, in a small it. kind yeah. of town. Looked great. Um, this is a mother and baby screening that uh, we saw and involves like it's it's very 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 good in terms of a portrayal of uh, faith dedication to. It's had like taxi driver kind of bandied around a little in the bit. same. A little bit. It's um mainly Ethan Hawke being I think officially I can say he's my favourite actor. Can I has that come through? Sure, yeah. That? Is that confirmed? Yeah. Who do you say when you're asked who your favourite actor is? Oh I don't is know. Is it Joe Thomas from the festival? Uh is it I'll leave that with you. Gosling maybe really I don't know at the moment. Yeah. Hard to know. Anyway, always worth um interesting. Uh, has a cra- a wacky final few scenes made all the weirder by the fact Michael Shannon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah, very good. Has a wacky final act um, and a final scene that will just burn into your head. Um, It's gone from the cinema, I'd imagine, but you potentially find it online or on a Blu-ray in a couple of months or something like that. Um, Yeah. So that's First Reformed. Then finally from the summer roundup or maybe second last oh, is too. The Meg. Mm. I was so excited to see this and it didn't disappoint for me. Uh, Jason Statham is uh, trying to kill a really big shark. <coughs> cool. You can just cough on air. That's okay. Ah, it's a bit rude. Uh, it's brilliant. Totally stupid uh, setup whereby, like, is the Meridian Trench is seen as the deepest part in the sea? Are you and they're like, me? I don't know. Maybe oh, no, it's no. not. Uh, there's a, what do you call it? Maybe it's just like a gas cloud and we can go below it so they can and they do. 
but when they go below it they kind of create a heat change that allows this massive shark to come up now jason statham had a run in with this before and everyone was just like but it resulted in him having to leave a couple of crew members behind because they had to get out and they were like you left your friends to die and it was like you don't understand there was something in the water so then he kind of goes crazy and goes to thailand and gets locked all day drinking heineken and then when the shark comes back he's the only man for the job reluctantly comes back and just it's brilliant it's kind of got a real uh twister vibe in that there's a whole right. team yeah, trying to kind of kill the shark dumb as maybe we thought it and there's a really be. good jaws reference because the whole time you're watching it you're like what's going to be the jaws reference but it's very subtle and it's brilliant and i was just like yes so like it's it's up there with like i can't wait for when Jason Statham and The Rock come together to make a film. It's just going to break the box office. They've been in Fast and Furious. No, but on their own. You mean on their own? That was a taster. Yeah, Yeah. the the next, there's a Fast and Furious uh, Hobbs spin-off with the two of them leading it. Mm. So that could be your... And Dwight from The Office is in the Meg, but he has a bit of a beard and wears a baseball cap. So I was like, who is that? And then I was like, oh, it's Dwight. So of the summary ones, kind of The Meg is... I think the one to go see there, unless you're going to blow it out of the water. With uh, the no, one. I'm not. Uh, mine, my well, I'm just going to mention Mamma Mia. Here we go again as a, a lovely film. It's really good fun. Knows what it is, and uh, it's not quite deserving of like some of the praise some people have given it. But yeah, it's a lovely film, and okay. I couldn't barely even remember the first. The first. Why one. isn't? Did your one get written out of it? I know she probably just didn't want to do it. Uh, I think she just didn't really want to do it. She's dead in it. Oh, which they don't really allude to. And then I'm sure everyone is going to see it at this point has seen it. But then they bring her back for a a ghost scene at a church at the end of it. It's oh, spoiling. Okay, it's been out five weeks. <laughs> I really hope that anyone who was potentially going to see Mamma Mia, here we go again, is not. I doubt that's waiting. a key demographic. Is I it? I hope it's not. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, but that's it. So. Uh, we can look ahead then to what September has coming. Um, the one that is out in a couple of weeks that uh, I've been lucky enough to see uh, played at a couple of festivals last year. And um, it, yeah, I think it played like the London Film Festival last October it has been out in, on DVD in America for like eight months. So I'm trailer for this bonker. I'm yeah, fascinated years ago. that it's actually out here. Yeah. Um, now in, in, in two weeks time. So it's a, uh, Harry Dean Stanton's sort of farewell and it's lucky and um, can I actually play a clip from it because I think you'll enjoy the clip yes because um, this is a film that I think could David Lynch is in it so it's just yeah like, well oh. this is this is the David Lynch clip the tortoise is an amazing creature lucky they're as noble as a king and as kind hearted as a grandmother I miss my friend his company I miss his personality. He's not missing ours, he's just not here. He's there, wherever the fuck that is. And if he's not there, then he's nowhere. Well, I'm sure he's okay. Why don't you go fuck yourself? Oh. You don't give a shit about him, you're just here to suck him dry, you lamprey, leech, vulture. Calling him out of his last dime just to leave everything to a turtle? Tortoise! He's a tortoise! Did you enjoy uh, when sold. the... Yourself, oh, right? 100%. Yeah. yeah. So that's out on September the 14th and it's in the IFI. I think it's in the Lighthouse. Did you even World enjoy Pope. when the Pope became David Lynch today and his response to the allegations? He was like, I'm not going to say a word about this. Use of the journalists. If you oh. read it well and critically, it'll have all the answers. Sounds like, like Jose Mourinho. <laughs> 
so did my, you see any of the Pope films that were in the cinema? No. No, I went to the <laughs> cinema one of these and, and I was like, it was packed. And I was like, why is this really busy? Full of a load of old people. And I was like, mm. oh, they're all going to see the Wim Pope. Wenders, yeah. An actual director. That's a bit mad. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, you have a pick. I think. My pick is Crazy Rich Asians. Which yeah. I could find hard to say quite fast. Which had been the top movie in America for the last two weeks. Yeah, saw a trailer for it. Looks kind of gas. Um, it'll probably be full of New Yorker articles being like, this is semi-racist or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, um, well, yeah. I don't know. I think, or maybe it's a bit... Uh, I think it's okay. Stereotypical, maybe, it looks but like. Th- but it's isn't it like made based by on Asians, a... with Asians in the Hollywood system? Uh-huh. So they're like, this is why this is groundbreaking, but... Maybe it is racist and they don't know about it because they're too too much in the bubble. Yeah. Um, That's out September 14th. Excellent. Oh, they're out on the same day. Lucky versus uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Both excellent. Yeah. I think you can go to Lucky by yourself though, maybe. Yeah. Um, Fahrenheit 11.9 is out on the 21st September. This is Michael Moore's Donald Trump follow-up to oh, Fahrenheit okay. 9.11, which was his George Bush film. Um, it's really confusing because obviously... Before the primaries 11, in nine. America, is it? Yeah. So oh, okay. it's meant to be good. I think, uh, I don't know, has this is this the one that played in the theatres and they've now recut it to go on a general release? Film? Anyway, I hope it actually comes out in Ireland. Mm. Uh, I presume it will, but uh, 21st of September. I just like, I find Michael Moore films quite easy to watch. It'll be outdated, like, within By the end of the day. year. Yeah. No, within a day, because, <laughs> like, it'll talk about, like, Donald Trump's doing something or other and then the other one out on that day is Faces Places which nominated for Best Documentary um, which is uh, Agnes Varda sort of her and a photographer she's a documentary maker and there's loads of her films are playing the IFI throughout September and just her going around these v- villages in September it looks uh, farcically gas and lovely and nice so The Farthest was on TV the other day does Orti basically just own that film now? Uh, no they would have they'd be allowed to repeat it once probably okay. it's now available it's on the player yeah it's, it's on there that. 30 days uh, we will wrap up with um, a slightly wacky clip, um, which got me thinking. So the the little bit, I read this big thing from Black Landsman about the way he was able to speak the King's English or he could speak jive. Jive. Yeah, which to me is something I've never heard in a film because this is an era of American uh, social history I don't really know much about. Um, but it did remind me of Airplane. And then I went and found that clip <laughs> of Airplane. The bit in the film where it keeps showing the movie posters as well is kind of gas. Which movie posters? Like, you know, um, when they're having, they're walking along talking about these black exploitation films and Spike Lee just keeps sliding oh, yeah. in the movie posters. Yeah. It almost feels like he's trying to educate younger black people to be like, go back and watch these films. He's doing a college course. It's well-meaning. It's well-meaning. As yeah. we were saying off air, uh, he is the guy who did like eight hour documentary on Hurricane Katrina and he is always trying to do civil rights things to just get people learning about their culture and heritage but yeah I still like the film anyway this is a hilarious way to end the podcast but this is um, Barbara Billingsley uh, who was the actress who did this from Airplane which is what did she play a nun? Uh, no just kind of a businesswoman Older who woman, is able yeah. to interpret um, two stuff. black guys talking jive. Yeah. So here she is. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Don't forget to um, like, share, review, do whatever you kind of need to do. And thanks for listening. Hmm. Can I get you something? Some more folk buttering into the bone, jacking me up, tight me. I'm sorry, I don't understand. Cutty say can't hang. Oh, Stewardess, I speak jive. Oh, good. He said 
that he's in great pain and he wants to know if you can help him. All right. Would you tell him to just relax and I'll be back as soon as I can with some medicine? Just hang loose, blood. She's gonna catch up on the rebound on the med side. What it is, big mama? My mama didn't raise no dummies. I duck a rap. Cut me some slack, Jack. Chomp the one to help, chomp don't get the help. Say can't hang, say seven up. Jive ass dude don't got no brains in here. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one.